And welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and this is an exciting, exciting show. We have a lot of cool stuff lined up for you, and it's jam-packed and all those things. And I always say that stuff, and it's always true. I don't know why you always doubt me. What's wrong with you? Why don't you believe me? Why don't you think that I'm telling you the truth? I'm telling you the truth for Pete's sake. I said Pete. I didn't want to swear. Anyway, let's get right to the show. Let's introduce everybody. My name is Jordan D. White, as I said. I uh, hope you're having a nice day today on this uh, Monday, February 8th. Right next to me is Mr. Frank Allen, who is a little bit glum. Why don't you tell him about it, Frank? Uh, I don't. I don't really want to talk about it. No, come on. It's about the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't want to talk. Like I bet on the losing team. You know, these things happen. No, I know. I mean, I heard you say that, but I don't know anything about the Super Bowl. I don't follow football, so I was. I wanted you to tell me a little bit about it because you were. I think you're the only one out of the four of us who watched it. No, I don't want to talk about it. Look, I lost a bunch of money. Why would I want to talk about a situation? You know, I was rooting for a team. They lost. It was really unhappy, and I thought they were going to win, so I put money on it. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? Well, apparently, what you're going to do is lose money when you're already out of a job. What kind of a moral I was confident. I thought I was going to be making money. I mean, you know, you got to spend money to make money. So I was spending some money to make money. And as it turns out, you have to spend money to lose money, too. Brilliant. Very brilliant. This is, of course, Rory Sinjin here. Hello, yes, my name is Rory Sinjin. I'm an extra historian. I am the president and CEO, of course, of the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies. Thank you for all your letters of support. Thank you for all your uh, admission queries. Thank you for all your job opening queries. And, you know, it's very good. We are starting to fill up both the faculty and the, you know, attendance rosters for the fall. So please, it's not too late. If you'd like to get involved, please, please don't hesitate to send us an email. Castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. There's Rory's uh, customary weekly plug for his, his other job. Yeah, but it, I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm, again, I'm not going to name a wing after you, but I do appreciate that you are a supporter of the Queen's Institute. He's not. Well, I think he is. No, no. I mean, Frank, I, I, I like to support you guys in the things that you do, even if I'm not necessarily a direct fan of those things. That's why when you were at the drive-thru, I would still go by and I would buy burgers from you. But you like burgers. Well, yeah, I know. So, there you are. Anyway, uh, we have one more co-host, which is Mr. Scape White, my cat. And this is going to be an amazingly Scapey-centric episode. So, that must have you really riled up, eh, Scapey? Yes, I'm very excited for it. I've got two things. There is two things. One thing, two thing, red thing, blue thing, I think. No, there's no red thing. But they're both good things. One is called Scapey Stories, which is when I tell a story, and that's super cool. That should be exciting, and I think everybody will be very excited by it. And the second thing is my song, where I do a song, because I'm a rock school. Now, Scape, you, you're talking about your song, but uh, I was looking at the uh, emails we got a while back. Your, your rock song was due last week. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but we didn't do a show last week. Well, there was a show last week. Yeah, but there was a, sh- there was a show last week that we recorded the week before... So, last week's show, we, we didn't, we didn't record a show. Which means your assignment is late. Well, no, but that, that's, I was, I was gonna do it. But you didn't, but now you, I mean, you did it, but you did it late. No, I, I was gonna do it last week, but then you didn't record last week. So, but that's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility. You have to keep track of your own assignments. No, you didn't do a show. How, how am I supposed to do it? That's why I said you shouldn't leave everything for the last minute. You never know what's gonna happen. We did, we ended up having to bump the show from one week to the next, and now your assignment's late. You're probably gonna get like an F. I'm not, I'm not going to get F. I have good songs. 
And I'm sure they would go, hey, we understand that your dad didn't do a show. I don't think that has anything to do with it. Why would they say, oh, your dad didn't? Oh, escape. You got to keep on top of these things. Just because you never went to school before doesn't mean you can, you can just like let things slide. You have to, that's how school works is that you have to pay attention to what you're doing. You have to get your assignments done on time. It's not my responsibility to get your assignment done on time. Well, dad. No, not well, dad. It isn't my responsibility. It's your responsibility. Solely. Solely your responsibility. Not mine, even in the slightest. Well, the slightest. Well, why is it in the slightest? Because, Dad, I, I don't have thumbs, so I can't hit record on stuff. You have to record it. F- okay, fine. But you could have come to me last weekend and said, Dad, you know, I have an assignment due this week. Well, Dad, I was sleeping. Yeah, I know. I know. All weekend. That's why I'm saying it's your fault, not mine. Dad. That's how it is, Gabe. Moving on. Um, now I know I'm aggravated. What do, what do we have up now? It's time for Extra History Now, actually. Oh, right. Yes, let's get to it. It's time for Extra History Now. Thank you for that, and it's very nice of you to do. I actually have a letter here from a Mr. Hank Fallon. He's a long-time listener of the show. This letter just came in this morning. It says, Hello, Rory. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Last night, I bet on the Super Bowl, and unfortunately, I put all of my money on the losing team. It really sort of stinks, and it makes me quite unhappy. Could you tell me about another reality where things are worse, so that I'm not quite so upset about things? Mr. Hank Fallon. Yes, Hank, I absolutely can. It will probably please you to know. That there is another world. And in that other world, you did still also lose your money in the Super Bowl. You did bet on the wrong team, and they lost. But before that Super Bowl, a few weeks earlier, you had a job. A well-paying job. Well, an okay-paying job. Which you quit to pursue a futile dream that will never come true. As to what that dream was, perhaps I, I ought not say, you know, it could be it could be something, you know, like a weatherman, perhaps. Something similar to that. And you thought, well, I can do that. You know, I, I'm, I, I, I've often told people what the weather's like outside. It's very much like being a weatherman. I should be a weatherman. And you quit the job in, um, let's say, some sort of sales. And you became completely unemployed. Didn't hear anything about this weatherman business, you know? Things like that. And you still put the money, foolishly, on the Super Bowl game, thinking, yes, of course, I know what I'm doing. And then you lost. So in that world, not only did you lose the money, not only did you lose your dignity, you also lost your job, and you also have no prospects. So, in fact, betting on the Super Bowl was doubly foolish in that world. Now, in your world, the real world, of course, you just lost some money. So it's it's obviously a lot better. Okay, thank Yeah, very nice, Rory. Very nice. What? Yeah, that's that's very funny. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not being funny. I'm I'm talking about Mr. Hank Fallon in another world. That's all I'm talking about. No other meaning should be read into or interpreted as being part of what I'm saying. Uh, all right, all right. Thanks. But don't. I mean, you know, you you're you're getting all on your high horse again about this stupid job thing. Look, no, I haven't gotten any prospects. Oh wait, yet. wait, hold on. Go skip me. One, two. It's segment within a segment. That's quite humorous. No, uh, as you were saying, Frank. No, I don't. Okay, look, I haven't gotten any offers. I didn't get any offers, but I'm going to get offers. I'm, I am looking into, you know, sending tapes out to people and I figured out some addresses now that I can send them to. So that's good. And look, I, I don't think it's going to be a problem as long as I, you know, as long as I get an offer by, you know, like, let's say two weeks or so, we'll probably be all right. Now, wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, like two, I mean, like two weeks. You what know. happens in two weeks? Well, in two weeks is, you know, 
when my when my rent is due. You don't have enough to cover your rent this month. This month. You don't have enough for this month to cover this month's rent. Well, not, no, not after the Super Bowl, no. Well, then what are you doing? Just go back to, go back to the, go back to the restaurant. Hat in hand, you know, literally or figuratively. I'm not, no, them, I'm not, I'm no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because I made a pledge. And when I make a pledge, it's a serious pledge. So I'm not going to do that. Then you are a moron. No, no, because look, this is a serious, I have, you know, I have aspirations. What if, what if you, what if everybody told you that extra history is foolish? Well, it is. So I'm sure everybody does. No, they don't. Thank you. Well, right. So then what if they did? Then you, wouldn't you still want to do it? Well, no, if everyone thought it was foolish, I wouldn't, I mean, it, how would I make any money? Well, okay, fine. Because you're a, a greedy scumbag, but I'm not, and I do things for the love of the art of them, so fine. Well, uh, that's, you know, I suppose that's that. So that's two segments ending. Oh, two segments ending. Um, oh, gosh, how do I do this? KP, you ready? Oh, uh, yeah. Extra history now, yeah. We're watching Right, okay, let's get right into our shows. We have so much to do. Uh, we should, probably shouldn't even talk this much. This is ridiculous. Okay, next show. First show. Guard duty, guard duty. Let's get right to it. Here we go. It's guard duty. The Earth Guard. The planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts, monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, Mr. Fahrenheit and the Argus in Attention Past Due. Really, there's a knack to being a press secretary. There's a lot of nuance to the job that people don't appreciate. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. First off, and this one is obvious, really, you've got to stay on message. Know what you want to say and stick to it. Say it a lot if you have to. The message is what you're trying to get across. Say it loud. Say it proud. When someone questions you on it, say it again. Maybe say it a little different. Liven things up a little. You're not there to answer their stupid questions anyway. They're there to take down your message. That's how I see it. Insightful. And that's another thing. You never answer the question you're asked. Never. You answer the question you wish they'd asked. I heard somebody say that one time, and it's totally true. And that doesn't mean you imagine some hot reporter asked you to go home with her or something. I mean, something like what they said. You know, like if they ask, Hey, did you stop beating your wife? You can answer the question like they'd asked. How have things improved in your marriage overall? That way, you can say something like, My wife and I are constantly working towards a living situation we both find agreeable. There are always a few bumps in the road, but we clearly blah, 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 etc., etc., that's the key, spinning things around for yourself, taking what they meant as an attack, and turning it into a boost. I see. 
You're not paying attention to me at all, are you? An interesting question. In the late 19th century, when the only method for psychologists to study concentration was introspection, there was quite a lot of debate over whether a person could split attention between multiple stimuli. Walter Benjamin, I believe, referred to it as reception in a state of distraction. It was not until cognitive revolution in the 1950s when serious experimentation on the subject began. Donald Broadbent, for example, conducted experiments pertaining to dichotic listening. Nevertheless, the debate still rages on between early and late selection models. Did Myers cease processing the unattended stimuli, or was it analyzed semantically before being discarded? One simply cannot be sure, given this current state of evidence. Of course, despite all that, I was aware enough to respond to the social cues, the pause of expectation, signaling for a response, etc. So how can I truly and honestly answer your question? Was I actually paying attention to you while concentrating on my aging experiment and adjusting the anti-grab belt to my lab? Not fully, no. But I can't be said to have been truly ignoring you, can I? Really, in order to filter you out, I'd have to first acknowledge the reality of your presence in talking. In that way, actively ignoring you is just another form of paying explicit attention to you. You don't have to be sarcastic. Never. Hello, Doctor. Hello, Elijah. I'm here for my shift of guard duty. I hope things have been well. Your shift? That means it's gotta be five already. Jesus, thank God you came! I would've missed it! Oh, what's that? My press conference! I'm sure it's going to be top story on all the news programs tonight. Now let's see, which version to tune into? I'm leaving. There's aging to cure, and attention must be paid. Serve to blow hard. Be liberal. Let's go down the middle tonight. Brain frame! Bring up the sound on monitor three. First, Let's go. The story tonight concerns the Earth Guard, whose press secretary, Mr. Fahrenheit, gave a press conference earlier this afternoon regarding a changing of the Guard. Our own Dana DeZego was there. The rumored disappearance of Earth Guard member and glamorous public favorite celebrity, Peas Blossom, has been circulating in the press for a few days now. And finally, Earth Guard press secretary, Mr. Fahrenheit, has come forward to announce the disappearance of the heroine. In addition, another member of the Guard has been announced on indefinite leave. Yes, as you may or may not have already heard, Peas Blossom has run off. We're not really sure where she went to. She might have gone back to fairy. She might be hiding out in the gutter at this point. We don't know for certain. All we know is she officially resigned from the guard before leaving. As such, her current whereabouts are not her responsibility. As a result of her departure, however, Binary Girl has announced that she is too distraught to continue with her duties on the Guard and will leave until further notice. Response to this announcement was mixed. Equal parts disappointment at the loss of two of the world's most famous and beloved heroes and dismay at the abysmal behavior of the so-called press secretary who conveyed it. <laughs> Come on! The situation only grew worse as he moved on to the press call's questions. Well, no, we don't know that she hasn't been captured by villains. She's kind of a gut thing as far as binary girl goes i mean yeah she was good and all but there was just two of her got two new recruits she's replaced and then some no no birthday boy is an asshole never let him on the team i mean not that there aren't a few assholes on the team but he's not one of our assholes what do you think will be next for peace blossom or binary girl now that they've left the guard i'm i'm sorry i'm sorry just don't care not my problem Want to talk about that? Uh, tell them to get their own press secretaries. This is about Earth Guard business. Anyone have any questions about the actual Earth Guard business? Did we just come to bicker at Mr. Fahrenheit? Anyone want to ask about me? All right. I guess no further questions then. Thank you for coming. Dismissed. Coming as it does on the heels of the April 11th press conference in which he announced that Hero Broadband had been, quote, totally turned into a dog, unquote, this seems to be a real embarrassment to the Guard. Is it any wonder they've lost six members in the past two years? From Washington, D.C., this is Dana DeZego reporting. Frank? Quite an interesting turn of events. To discuss the Mr. Farron issue, sound we have down. Here in the studio. So, Ron what do you Riley think? Of? My press conference. Pretty nice, huh? I... Well, are you... 
It sounded like... I, I'm sorry, but didn't they just say the whole thing was an embarrassment to the guard? <laughs> they say that all the time. They don't know what they're talking about. Liberal bias. I thought you said he was right down the middle. Yeah, well, these media types are all really secular humanists regardless. Find a way to skew things to their own personal leanings no matter what. It doesn't look like the conservative network liked it any better. What? How do you know that? I'm the Argus. I can see everything. It says right there at the bottom of the screen, Earth Guard disgraced. Brain frame, sound up, monitor one, let's go! Oh, no, that's not it at all. The fact is, these secular humanists on the Earth Guard use these two to shove homosexuality down our throats for months now. And now that their media darling lesbians are gone, we can see the true ugliness of their ideology. The Guard was using them to further their own liberal agenda in a vast left-wing conspiracy. And now that their toys have gone away, they're throwing a tantrum like any spoiled child would. Frankly, it's exactly the type of behavior I've come to expect Sound from off. you. <laughs> what a moron. I don't even like gays. Uh, uh, I mean, you're okay, I guess. I mean, I like you fine, Argus. I just don't like your, your gayness. You know what I mean. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Point is, all these idiots in the press, they don't speak for the people we do. We're the Earth Guard, the planet's most powerful heroes united. I think if anyone is in touch with the common people, it's us. Are you sure that's an act? Yes, I'm sure. I do my own research, you know. I don't just talk out of my ass like some people. Here, look, I'll show you. I'll insert the blogosphere. Let's do a little search for Mr. Fahrenheit is the best. Bam! We got a hit right here. Seriously, Mr. Fahrenheit is the best they could do? He's gotta be the gayest of the gay-ass members who ever- Alright, I've got to respond to this one. Hang on, you're going down, you hack! Actually, I've been meaning to talk to you, Mr. Fahrenheit. As you know, with my powers as Argus Panoptes, I can see anything and everything I choose to look at. And there was something I saw that I thought you might want to discuss. Oh yeah? It's about you and Ellen. At this point, the entire guard already knows that you and she have separated. If they didn't, I'm sure they'd be much more upset about you and Bumblebee, but I don't think any of them know the real reason, and that's because you've been hiding it. Oh, you think so? I do. Everyone assumes she left you because, well, because of your personality. They assume your abrasive nature finally rubbed her the wrong way, and she'd had enough, and you let them believe it. You like it. If they think you're an insensitive jerk, they won't know how much it hurt you, how betrayed you were. They won't see how sensitive you truly are inside. I know the truth. I know Ellen left you when your album fell through. All that time she was with you for the thrill, for the fame, and when that slipped by, when it looked like you weren't on the road to becoming a smash hit celebrity, she let her true nature be seen. I saw it all. That started a divide that couldn't be healed. And likewise, you have not been healed. You can still feel it, the pain of the loss, the stab of the betrayal, the shame at letting your emotions be toyed with. You spend so much time cultivating this front, this illusion that you're completely impenetrable, untouchable by anything around you, denying what you're really feeling. It's not good for you. I think you need to take some more time for yourself, time to really be... Time to discover who the real Mr. Fahrenheit is under all the- What?! I'm sorry, did I say something what? to a No, I wasn't listening. God, I just- Listen to this! I just got an email from the Stallion saying that I'm being replaced as Earth Guard Press Secretary! An email, for Christ's sakes! This is not acceptable! Chuck, are you there?! Hello? You know what, Stallion? You can take your new press secretary, whoever it is, and shove them right up your rosy red ass! And you can have the whole guard join them while you're at it! I'm out! 
You hear me? I quit, and you just wait. You think the guard was disgraced now? I'll show you a media blitz you'll never forget. I'll give them the true story of the Earth Guard, the backbiting, the egos, the wanted sex. They're going to hear it all. You just wait. Oh, and by the way, sir, Mr. Chuck Cavallo, Mr. Stallion, you are an enormous jackass! Elijah. Fahrenheit, out! Ugh. I have wanted to do that since I joined the car. God, that was better than sex. Oh, it felt good. Deep down. Deep down here. Sorry to be there for that, Argus. Trying to talk to me before. Uh, what was you trying to say? Oh, it was nothing important now. All right, then. I guess I'll take my leave of you. Shake. Nothing personal. You know how it is. I understand completely. You're doing what you feel you have to do. It was a good run while it lasted. Now I've got a bidding war to start. The information in my head don't come cheap. Understandably. Have a good night. Huh? and Frank Allen as the newscaster with theme song by Michael D. Mikowski. Thank you for listening to Guard Duty. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I do, which is a lot. It's an awful lot. Um, up next, we have This Day in History and Where Are They Now in History. Rory, why don't you just take it right away right now? Go. Very well. Welcome to WHRW Binghamton's This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin. On February 8, 1692, Abigail Williams and Betty Paris are declared by a doctor to be under an evil hand, precipitating a series of sensational accusations in the town of Salem, Massachusetts. Let's listen. Ah, yes. That's it, Betty. Verily, shake that thing. Clearly, thou art in the hand of the devil. Clearly. John, that offends me! I'm going to tell the entire town how you're harassing me! Oh, really? I find that very unlikely, since thou art clearly under the influence of Satan. Clearly. Citizens of Salem, this man has been sexually harassing me and telling me to shake my thing. Possessed by witches, you say? Hmm, interesting. Let the trialing begin. Uh, see you at work tomorrow. Uh, thus began the infamous Salem harassment trials, where uh, notable uh, sexual harassment people were hung and burned all at the exact same time. Uh, and the women were let go fine, and there has never been a problem with witches ever. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But hark into this. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. And I may have fibbed just a tiny bit. There were, in fact, witches in Salem. There was a whole coven of them, in fact. And they were trying to ruin the lives of everyone who wasn't a witch. All the witches would gather every day to discuss their evil plans and be guided by the evil demon, Nietzsche. They would all gather around and pray to him. Oh, Nietzsche, give us your guidance. Show us how we can both ruin the lives of everyone in town 
and prosper ourselves. But one day Nietzsche showed up and looked at a particular witch named Nancy and he said, Hey Nancy, you are very attractive and I should very much like to copulate with you. Now Nancy was not interested in him so she said, I'm sorry Nietzsche that is an unwanted sexual advance. Let's just keep it professional, shall we? But Nietzsche persisted. He said, I can give you a little extra power. All you have to do is give me a little yum yum yum. You know what I mean. And so she took it directly to the top. She went straight to Satan and said, Satan, Nietzsche is acting inappropriately towards me. He's being lewd. And Satan went to Nietzsche and said, Nietzsche, that's not how we operate here. This is not the type of business that I run. And I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. And he went to heaven. So that's nice for him. But it's not nice to sexually harass people. My name is Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Frank, just, you know, let's keep things moving. Let's keep things moving in an orderly fashion. I know you want to say something not nasty about uh, Rory right now, but let's just keep it to yourself and go right to your segment of the show. Uh, it's, it's a good one. It's, uh, what is it? Tractor Fiction, right? Yes, yes, it is. So introduce it. Tell us what it's all about. Well, I think I'm going to introduce it in the clip. It's probably pointless. So uh, let me take the opportunity instead to talk about how lame what Rory said no, was. No, I just said no. I just said you can't do that. No, I know, but I'm, I'm going to say that I'm going to introduce it in the next thing. So I might as well say No, I'm that, just, that, do you, that are you listening pretty... to me? I'm the host of the show. I am the host. You cannot do this. I'm saying don't. Let's just, you know what? Fine. Let's go. Tractor Fiction. Here it is. Oh, wait. Hello, this is Tractor Fiction here on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Frank Allen. Uh, this is a show where we do, uh, we enact these religious tracts uh, written by Jack Chick, or adapted from Jack Chick, and then we have a debate uh, about them afterwards. I want to take this opportunity to announce that this is the, the first of the three last episodes. There's going to be two more after this, and then we're done uh, for good, unfortunately. But we will continue on in some other form, so don't worry about it. Uh, this is a tract today called Happy Hour. Not because we're celebrating because we're done, but because it's about drinking. Let's begin. Once upon a time, in the home of an alcoholic, just like the home of an alcoholic in your neighborhood, alcoholic father Jerry was going through his family's cabinets, emptying out their secret stashes of money for his own nefarious purposes. Jerry! What are you doing? Get out of here, Alice! That's all the money we've got in the world! You'll spend that money over my dead body! Oh! Let go of me, Alice! You've already ruined this family! Alice! Stop it! Give me that money, Jerry! Shut up! Ah! Is he hurting, Mommy? In fact, he was. He beat the living snot out of her and left her lying on the ground, bleeding out the face. Jerry, help me! But Jerry was out the door, headed for a bar, to drink himself into a stupor. Hi, Jerry. Want to be the same? Yes. I had a rough morning. Meanwhile, an ambulance was taking Alice to the hospital, while the two children were left with a neighbor, Mrs. Jenkins. Is Mama gonna die? I don't know, Janice. Do you know where your daddy is? Could you go get him? I think so. I'll try. Janice raced to the Bottoms Up Club, looking for her drinky dad. Has my daddy been here? Yeah, but he took off. Have you tried Diablo's done? He's not there. Then try the cork. Thank you. So Janice zipped down the block towards the cork. Oh, God, help me find my daddy. I hate this place. Daddy! Huh? Daddy, Mommy's sick. Hey, get that kid out of here. Daddy, she might die. Daddy, please come home. Daddy! Stay out, you hear me? Leave your dad alone. Oh, I need another shot. Janice was forced to go back to her neighbor empty-handed. Mrs. Jenkins, I found him, but he won't come. Why not, Janice? Because he's drunk. He's always drunk. I'm sorry, Janice. We'd better get to the hospital and see how your mother is. Unfortunately, she wasn't doing so well. The doctors did their best, but... Try it again. 
I think it's too late. At least we tried. Oh, she's gone. I better tell the family. Are you related to Alice Douglas? No, I'm Mrs. Jenkins, their neighbor. I'm afraid we've got some bad news. Can you break it to the children? Yes! What are they saying, Janice? I think Mama died. Why would you do that, Janice? Janice, your mother went to heaven. Did Daddy kill her? No, honey. The doctor said she had a bad heart. Soon, they were putting Alice Douglas in the ground. That sounded ominous. I meant like it was her funeral. And now we commit Alice Jean Douglas into the loving arms of Jesus. Why isn't Daddy here when I need him? I hate him! Here, Janice. Give your father this $20 to buy food. He won't buy food. He'll buy drinks. No, he won't, Janice. All this will change him. He's sick. He's an alcoholic. He's a drunk, Aunt Mary. Nevertheless, when Janice saw her father, she decided to give him a chance. Daddy, Aunt Mary said for me to give you this money for groceries. Will you buy food with it? Oh, um, of course I will, Janice. I'll be back in a little while. Daddy, do you promise you'll buy food? Yes, yes, I'll get food. Stop worrying. You're beginning to sound like Alice. Just trust me, okay? Hours later, Jerry Douglas, alcoholic, was still not home. Janice, why isn't Daddy home? I'm hungry. Is he still buying food for us? He's getting drunk, Bobby. And when Jerry Douglas, alcoholic, finally arrived at home, he was carrying a big bag full of liquor. You big liar, that's not food. Where's the groceries? My tummy hurts. You kids go to bed. It's it's late. I've got to go to the bathroom. Go to bed. I'll fix him. Good for you, Janice. You little devil. Look what you've done. You touch us and I'll cut you, Daddy. I wish you died instead of Mommy. <laughs> you think I want to be like this? I can't help myself. It's got to get your I'm sorry, kids. Please forgive me. I need your help. Do you understand? No, we don't forgive you because we hate you, Daddy. The next day, however, Mrs. Jenkins took the kids to church. And everything changed. Thank you for taking us to church this morning, Mrs. Jenkins. Can we go with you again tonight? By all means. Bye. Daddy, we forgive you because Jesus said we should. Now will you forgive us? Hmm. Yes. Now, will you go to church with us tonight? Oh. Okay, I'll go. And he did. Many are in a fantasy world, so they turn to drugs or liquor. Only Christ can break your habit. Whatever it is, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I give you rest. Man, my heart is so heavy. Is there hope for me? When Christ takes over, you become a new man. The Bible says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. How can I get into Christ? I'm at the end of my rope. Where else can I go? I've tried everything, but Jesus... Jesus said, Him that cometh unto me, I will no wise cast out. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Through your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Come, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I can't believe it. Daddy's giving his heart to Jesus. Three years later, Jerry no longer drinks and takes the children to church every Sunday. You know what, Dad? What, Janice? 
This is my happy hour. And that's the uh, tracked happy hour, as you heard with the little thing at the end there. Uh, now for our... Is this the second to last debate? No, it's the third to last. Third to last debate of the Tractor Fiction oeuvre, so to speak. Uh, we have our two debaters, and I want to say, I haven't said recently, we want to say that these people do prepare for the debate quite a while ahead of time. They all know they're going to be doing it. They research their side. They bring documents, back things up. They know exactly what's what, uh, which is why we want to, it's my pleasure to announce these two debaters. Uh, debater number one. Don't you Hello. Say? Hello. My name is Sally Merriweather, and I'm from the Food and Drug Administration. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, Sally Merriweather? Yes. It's a pleasure to have you here. And, of course, uh, my second debater? Hi. I'm, um, I'm Christine. I'm a bum. A bum? I, I am, a- I am uh, an appreciator of all the fruits of the vine and of the earth in their highest form. In a professional nature? Yes. That's, okay. Yes. Well, it's good to know. We, as I said, we do get the I best am an experts artist. here. An artist. Yeah. Terrific. Terrific. Um, so we have Miss Merriweather and uh, Christine. Christine, the bum. Okay, uh, as I'm sure everybody could guess, as I'm sure everybody can guess, uh, Ms. Merriweather believes this tract is 100% true, uh, and uh, the bum here, uh, Christine, believes that this tract is a lie, false, in pretty much every way. So I, I, I'm pretty sure these two debaters are about as far apart as we've ever had two debaters. Uh, they disagree on pretty much every level, as I'm sure you'll see as... Uh, Christine, go ahead and tell us why this is false. Okay, that's a well-known fact, well-known fact, that Jesus enjoyed his wine. Jesus enjoyed his wine because we saw the wedding. The wedding, right? Okay. Take water, and you'll abracadabra, there it is, it's wine. Ah, now a man, a man who enjoys his wine like I enjoy my wine. Yeah. That's something he would do. And I, I think that if anything... The church, it's got wine in it. So you're saying that uh, Jesus must have liked wine because he made so much of it. And there's wine in the church. And there's wine in church. There's wine in the church, man. So all, all you gotta know. It's all you gotta know. Yeah. So you're so the proposal is that this tract is false because alcohol's not even something you need to conquer. You can no, just alcohol, give into it. Alcohol gets you closer to God. I almost I almost had a professorship once. I taught a taught a whole class about that. Just taught it. It took my it took my classroom away, but I I still taught. I kept teaching. I kept but, teaching until they they took me off because the, the administration it got a, the free speech and censorship. And, so you're saying that even my, though you don't, bottle? you're not a professional where's teacher anymore. You're closer to God. In order to appreciate God, you must be drunk. I I have ascended. The ancients the ancients would never ever think they they, they sing sing sing. The ancients they. Poetry. They write poetry. They had to be drunk, right? They had to be stoned. Did they? They they were pissed. They always pissed. Confucius. Confucius wrote that poetry. He was pissed. And they wrote it about wine. All right. Well, uh, I believe that Miss Merriweather does disagree with you pretty strongly. Let's oh, I it. do. I do. Bring it on. I'm a trained professional. This tract is actually representing real research. It's reflecting real research, uh, a very real trend that we've been finding in life, uh, which is to say that alcoholism used to be treated as a disease, yes. uh, an addiction, which helped us with our marketing a little bit. Um, and, and now we're finding out that it actually isn't a disease. It's being treated as a sin. And so many people uh, who are finding themselves alcoholics are going and accepting Jesus and no longer drinking. 
Well, I do believe uh, the 12-step uh, Alcoholics Anonymous program is a religious-based program, is it not? It is. Yeah. It is. Um, although it, it wasn't really overtly a religious program until this new research came out. Well, they've souped it up? They've souped it up. It's it's so it's huge. Beyond, it's a, it's a, it used to be... It is now a 12-step accepting Jesus to well, get rid of your alcoholism well, syndrome. Well, I'm pretty sure one of the steps used to be give yourself over to the will of Yes, but the now Lord. that's every step. Well, that's all, all 12, 12 steps. steps. Give yourself to Jesus. Oh. Well, let me say something about yep. that. Go ahead. I got something to say. That's exactly what they said. Exactly what they said just before they shut me up and they shut me down and they shut me out. And I went to those AA meetings because they told me I was going to lose my tenure. And I saw it immediately because I, I am a trained appreciator of wine as an artistic concept. And I saw it's a political tool. Jesus is a political tool. Wait, but isn't Jesus the one you're trying to get closer to by drinking? I'm talking about two different Jesuses, man. Your Jesus and my Jesus. My Jesus is stoned off his ass. My Jesus is sloshed. My Jesus went to the wedding and came there. He didn't have enough wine to drink. That's how much he had to make wine. And this, this scum, this, this cheap, Floozy. Are you referring to Miss Merriweather? I'm referring to Miss Merriweather. And I tell you right now, I know this type, and you gotta watch this type. Is that true? Like you, yeah, you gotta watch no. this type like you watch a rat in your bed. And that's Do you all. need to be watched? Are you that type? Not for the reasons that she's saying. I don't I watch them all the time. My this, is, I, this is just pure blasphemy. Uh, the concept of two Jesuses. Blasphemy no, is the only truth. <laughs> now, are you are you blasphemy. are you speaking on behalf of the uh, American government when you say uh, these things about Jesus? Is the official policy of the FDA uh, regarding that there is one Jesus? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, which is unfortunate, you know. Um, I mean, I personally is have Jesus some a food or a drug? Jesus is a god. But then it's not the GFDA. He would be a god for No, 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 but we, we deal with our, our marketing and our policies in a very religious way. We turn, he's, he's more of a mentor. Do you understand? Con continue, I explain. When, when we try, when we decide how to make policy and, and, you know, what foods we should recall and all that, we turn to the word of Jesus. So you pray to decide whether a drug passes or not? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so... In fact, I don't understand why this is such a surprise. You don't do testing. I, I would assume there was some sort of scientific method. Well, sometimes he, he guides us to test, and sometimes we believe him blindly. Really? Uh, if you ask me, there's only one stupid person in this room, and that's a stupid person who's going to follow an invisible man in the sky blindly. Where does your Jesus live? My Jesus is right here in this god darn bottle. Jesus lives in the bottle. I know where my Jesus is, and, and I may be a I may be a hopeless slosh, and I may live in a box of the street, but I know where my Jesus lives. Now I do believe we have an expert here who wants to discuss this matter. Why, hello. Hi there. Uh, can you please say who you are, please, for the listeners? Uh, yeah, my my name is uh, Craig Ginzu. Craig Ginzu, welcome. Uh, yes, and uh, and I'm here. Um, well, you see, uh, I I'm a knife uh, salesman. Uh, oh. I, I sells I sell uh, you know knife knives for Christ. Um, oh, you sell them, I'm sorry, for Christ, as in you make money for Christ, or you sell them so that people can use well, them in their Well, we sell them outside bars, oh. mostly, and um, and then give the money to uh, people who like Christ, like me. So you, you like Christ? I'm sliced for Christ. Oh, nicely Cut done. Cut for the cross. Wow, okay. I, 
I don't think that's a good idea to give drunk people knives. Well, I mean, well, why not? Why why not sever your ties to sin? Yeah, man, I like this idea. Give me knives. Has it worked out well? Oh uh, yeah, it's worked out pretty well. And um, and you know, we I mean, we we take all major credit cards. Well, no, hold on. Are you uh, so? What are you here to add to the debate? You were going to say about the uh, the drinking. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you know, drinking, it, it, you know, it, it does bring you closer to Jesus, and damn right. I, you know, and I, I, I trust this lady duplicitly because, I mean, really, I mean, it, a drunk. I'm a sorry, knife, which the drunk lady, Christine? Y- yes, Christine. Okay. No wear out. How you doing, huh? Yeah. yeah. That, uh, you know what? I don't this think she's capable of making decisions right now. I don't think you should. But this is when she can make the best decisions of the night. Listen, you know, if you wanted yeah, to get this into maybe. some sort of an organized group activity of severing ties, but you don't just give drunk people knives and go, go, fine, go on the street, kill people, Why the stab hell people. not? Do you have a knife, Christine? I have had many knives through the years. But you don't have one right now, do you? No. Okay, that's for the best. That's for the best. Well, this guy has knives. Give no, me no knife you didn't bring your knives with you, did you? Oh, of course. No, please keep them. Full, but don't don't do give them you, out. Do want, don't so give no. I don't want a demonstration. Salesman? Don't give them out right now. I want to sell a knife. I want to buy. No, I want no to you sell don't want to sell a knife. No, no. I want to no. sell a knife to me. Well, I don't. I don't think that's for the best right now. But um, we do have some more. Uh, we do have another expert on the line. Go on. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you guys don't understand is that alcohol is. Is the blood of Christ? Yeah, oh, who is? I'm oh, sorry. Who, who are we speaking to? Who are we speaking to? Uh, my name is Larry. Larry, welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. And you are an expert in Christ. Whoa. <laughs> I think the courses of study at the universities are starting to converge. This happened before once in the 1970s, but I can't remember what. I need a drink. My so, so out. Larry, let me get this straight. You also agree with Christine. You don't agree with Miss Merriweather either. Well, I wouldn't say that. I. This person <laughs> is clearly an idiot. Get him out of my classroom. Well, this isn't out my of my classroom. classroom. This, this is my isn't... classroom. The world's my classroom. The street's my classroom. Well, we can't get her off and the planet. And box is my classroom. Well, we're not in the box. It's get not a problem. Christine, can I give you a card uh, for for a church down the road? Track my card. I fell for this. Look, they'll I'm give you alcohol. My card. I ate your last card, and I couldn't find no food. So. Yeah, give me your card. All right, take it. This is for a church. It's down the road. I think you should check it out. All right. Well, uh, thank. I appreciate the help there, but I do want to say before that uh, that we do have to have the closing argument. So, Christine, hey, is it a church? Christine, is it a church? This is uh, this is uh, no, it says Saint. No, this is a brothel. This a is a brothel. You, you take this back, darn you! You know what? You can go there too. Tommy, Tommy. All right. Well, your Tommy closing is- arguments, please, Christine. I'll tell you right now, the state of religion in this country would be dramatically improved by the use of alcohol at all religious ceremonies. Look at Woodstock. Look at. I think that was more than alcohol. Alcohol is legal. Alcohol is cheap. And Jesus likes alcohol. So I say, let's all have a drink. Uh, Simply stated. Uh, and I'm of a course, simple kind of woman, well, Miss Merriweather. Well, and, I mean, in response to that, I would say that it's possible that Jesus doesn't mind a glass of wine now and then. I think it's the excess that he disapproves of, uh, and that's the sin, and that's what we try to cure people. The sin of. is excess. 
I never excess. heard that one. Excess is the only pure form of appreciation. I think Exodus is in the Bible. No, no, no. Excess. That's not one of the seven deadly sins. I don't no, think. the excess of drinking. Which is what? Drinking to excess. Too much alcohol. You're drunk. You don't know what you're doing. Is that bad? That's terrible. That is the sin. Uh, and that, that's what's happening what? in what's the world. What's the sin? The sin of being drunk, being an alcoholic. It's a sin now. Oh, it's new. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Okay. It used to be a disease. It's now a sin. It's been proclaimed. Okay. Um, it's it's making our business a little bit tough, but it's true. It's it's all true. Um, and, you know, Frank, I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. I might suggest slightly better advertising. I can give you my card if you like. Well, it, um, it's not going to be for the brothel, is it? No, no. I'm. What I'm saying is that you might attract less drunk people to your show. Well, we're, we're ending the show, so it really doesn't make that much of a diff. But, well, for the next two. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to consider this very thoroughly. And, in fact, i got to tell you, uh, you got a slick card there. You got a slick card there. And yet, all of the people who called in agreed with the drunk lady. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty persuasive. I mean, when three people out of four believe the drunk lady, I got to go with those three people. Intellectual elite dominates I, in the end. I only counted two. Herself. There are four other people other in this people. room. Myself, myself. You may, you may want to scream calls, you. too. Well, I, you know, that's what Cindy's supposed to be doing, and I hope she's doing her job, but there you are. Uh, at any rate, uh, thank you for listening to Tractor Fiction, and of course, uh, we would like to remind you to drink responsibly while you're trying to get in touch with Jesus, even if Christine here doesn't think it's a good idea. Ah, yeah. Uh, l- thank you for listening. Listen again, because we'll have more things in our last two episodes. Bye bye. That episode of Tractor Fiction featured the voice talents of Frank Allen, Anna Call, Sarah Doan, Guinevere Eckert, Patrick Ganan, Lynn Nelson, Sam Thomason, Jacob Thompson, and Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Rory. Thank you very much, Rory. Now, Scapey, let's talk to you for a moment, because you are going to be doing the rest of the show, basically. You've got all sorts of things for the rest of the show. So what uh, what can you tell us about this first one? At first, like we talked about, is Scapey stories. Do you know how this works? I do, but t- why don't you tell it to the listener? Well, I am a cat. My name is Scapey. That is my dad. His name is Jordan D. White, okay? He's like... Uh, I just read a book. What do you think? And I'm like, oh, okay. And then he's like, I'm going to tell you what happened. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, do, 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 stuff happened. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. I can tell that better. And so then I told it better. Okay. That's an interesting summary. And I, I don't remember doing a lot of da, 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 da. You did. Did I write just like that? Well, no, you were telling the dad, you know. I, well, okay. <sighs> Let's get right to it. Scabby Stories From a Cat in the Dark Hello and welcome to Scapey Stories from a Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White, and as always, we have a very exciting and very scary story for you. As promised, this is the first of a five-part series, uh, much like the Herbert West series we did, telling the story in, in sections. Uh, this is going to be the story of Hamlet, broken up into five acts, so to speak, quite literally, actually. So, Scapey, you've heard Act 1 of Hamlet. Are you ready to tell it? Absolutely. I'm very much ready. I am ready and, and able and willing. Good, good. Here with us is our, our list guest. It's a very exciting uh, thing that we've got this person on the show tonight. Like a, It's an exclusive. Um, we have with us the MVP from yesterday's Super Bowl right here with us. How, how's it going, sir? Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very exciting to be here. I'm not entirely sure where I am. Uh, there was a little bit of head banging around in the game. 
game, but that's just what it is to play football. Football. Very exciting. Thank you for that. And I have to say, uh, I heard you did a good job. Good job. I didn't watch because I don't care. What? What do you mean you don't care? Aren't you American? Football is America's sport. Well, I am American, but I don't watch football because I couldn't play it, so. Oh, I see. You're a very little guy. Probably would just get mushed into cat paste. Well, no, I'm tough. But, okay, I have a story to tell you. Ready for a story? Well, I guess. What kind, what kind of story is it? It's not some sort of wussy story, is it's it? It's a scary story. Did you not listen to the intro? All right. All right. I like scary stories. The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, Act 1, by William Shakespeare. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It sounds like some sort of school thing. I didn't come here for a school thing. At least nobody told me there was going to be a school thing. I'm not... No, it's, a no. Sca- it's not a school. It's a scary story. Oh, no, I've heard of this Shakespeare guy before. I very specifically did not read his books back in college when I was playing more football than taking classes. Well, you don't have to read it now. I'm telling you a scary... Listen, I heard the story. It's good. Well, part one is good. I don't know the rest. Listen to this, okay? All right. I guess as long as I'm getting my... Usual fee for press appearances. Well, we're not press, but uh, let me tell the story. Let me tell the story. Okay, so like once upon a time, there was a castle in Denmark, and there was some dudes on top of the castle, like in the middle of the night, watching for stuff. And these dudes were like, "Dudes, what are you? Are you good guys? Yes, we're good guys. Oh, good. Okay, we're all good guys. Okay, good. So, do you guys think we're gonna see? Uh, you know what? Again today? Football. Is it Sunday? Are they gonna see some football? No. no. No, that's not what they were saying, but they were like, you know, that thing that we see sometimes recently, because it's weird, and they're like, yeah, I bet, and uh, then guess what? Uh, a ghost comes out, and they're like, oh my god, there it is! It's the ghost of the king! He is dead, and he is a ghost, and that's him right there! Ghost, say something! And the ghost is like, not saying anything, and then he, he walks away. That's, that's all very sociable of him. Oh, wait, wait a minute, if he's the king, if he's a king, he's dead... And how's he the king? You're not the king. He's a dead guy. Well, yeah, there's a different king, but this was the old king, and now he's the dead king. So, so then they're like, okay, uh, so the ghost was here, but what else is going on, dude? Why, uh, why are we on Night Watch? Why is there people making, uh, swords and stuff? What is all that? And the other guy's like, well, uh, it's cause, remember the old king before he died, like, kicked somebody's butt, and now the son of the person whose butt he kicked is like, I'm gonna kick your butt back. Yeah! A little bit of butt kicking, that's right. Yeah, and uh, but here's what happened. The son is like, coming around like, I'm gonna kick butt, but then we don't, we don't want him to kick our butts, we want to kick his butt first, so that's why we're making, like, an army. And then the ghost comes back, what the ghost? Oh my god! And they're like, oh, oh, and then it leaves again, and they're like, okay, that is a scary ghost, but what, here's what we should do. We should tell his son about it, because maybe the ghost will talk to his own son if he won't talk to us, duh. Okay, let's go do that, I say. Meanwhile, okay, in the place where the, re- the current king is, okay, the current king is like, hey everybody, uh, how's it going? I know it's totally sad that my brother is dead. That's the king that we just saw the ghost of. My brother is dead, but it's all cool because I married his wife, so now I'm the king. That's cool. Wait, what? What? No, no, no. That is not cool to marry some guy's wife after he, he dies. When, and it's his brother? No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. 
No. Well, no, because he got to be the king now. That's how he gets to be king. By marrying his brother's wife? Oh, that's just wrong. Well, that's what happens. So, then he's like, oh, by, and by the way, remember that guy who wants to kick our butts? Well, I'm going to send a message to his uncle and be like, hey, what's up with that? So, don't worry about that. What do you mean don't worry about that? Just go kick his butt. What's the problem? Or well, is he some kind of wussy? Well, he's going to talk to his uncle. Well, just go kick his butt. Well, I don't know about that. Time for talking is over. you got to go, and you got to fight him there. So you don't have to fight him here. But he doesn't have to fight him. Of course you gotta fight him. No, he doesn't. No, you do. You gotta go. You gotta fight him. Well, listen. Then you gotta watch some football and eat some apple pie. Well, listen. So he's like, go off and find the uncle, dudes. Okay. Now, you, rarities, what about you? What do you want? He's like, I want to go to France. And the king is like, okay, is your father cool with that? And he's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. And he's like, all right, you could go to France. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. Some kind of wussy gay boy wants to go to France? Those, those lily-livered surrenderers? Well, no, I don't think, but he wants to go to France because they have stuff. Yeah, wussy gay boy stuff. Anyway, he's like, okay, you go to France. Then the king's like, oh, Hamlet. Now, I'll tell you who Hamlet is. Hamlet is the son of the king who died. And also the son of the queen, who is currently the queen, but the, the, the king who is the king now is his uncle. You get it? All sounds pretty stupid to me. Well, that's not true, but <laughs> the king is like, so, Hamlet, let me talk to you for a sec. And Hamlet is like, uh, you're a deuce. <laughs> well, he does that stupid-ass giggle afterwards, too. Well, he called him a deuce. So, he's like, Hamlet, I know that you're sad because your dad died, but serious. You gotta get over it because now we're, like, married and it's cool. Like, seriously, everybody has a father who dies, okay? And, uh, they just have to get over it because that's how it is. This guy sounds like a deuche. That's what Hamlet said. Oh, I think this Hamlet guy's right. The whole thing is a, is a little bit, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Right, and then the queen is like, Hamlet, serious. Don't be so sad. You shouldn't seem so sad. And Hamlet's like, I don't seem sad. I am sad. Oh, busted. Well, that just sounds like a cold-ass bitch to me. Yeah. And then the king is like, well, you shouldn't be upset. Serious, just get over it. And also, don't go back to school because you should stay here with us. We love you. Well, I, I mean, I don't care too much for school myself, but you know. I'd be playing some football. Football! But, oh, the rest of the part sucks. And the Queen's like, yeah, serious, you don't go to school. And Hammond is like, uh, well, I guess if you're gonna ask me, Mom, I guess I won't. But fine. And then everybody, then the King's like, alright, let's all go away. And then Hammond is around, and Hammond is like, uh, let me tell you, that guy sucks. Who's, who's he telling that to? Well, he's just saying it. To who? To you. He's, he's. Talking to me? Yeah. He's like, listen, the king sucks, and he married my mom. That's not right. My mom married that guy, her, her brother-in-law. That's not right. And my dad's dead. That's sucky. Why is he Why is he talking to me? Does he Does he say my name in there, in that book? That, that's creepy. No, no. Just He just wants to tell you. And then Horatio, oh, that's one of the guys from the beginning. How does he know me? How does he know me in the book? You're famous. Well, that's pretty true. That's pretty true. So Horatio was one of the dudes from the beginning who saw the ghost. And Horatio comes in and he's like, Hamlet, dude, we saw uh, your dead father. And he's like, what? What do you mean? And I, he was like, well, he's a ghost now. And he's dressed up in armor and stuff. And Hamlet's like, for serious? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, well, then we better go look at it. When when do we see him? And he goes, like, at night. And he's like, all right, I'll be at, at night. I will go see it. And he goes, okay, let's do that. So then elsewhere, that dude, Laertes, who wants to go to France, is talking to his sister named Ophelia. I'm trying to... 
get some makeup tips from her. <laughs> no, he doesn't want to make up. He wants to tell her serious things. So he's like, listen, Ophelia, I heard that you and Hamlet were like, you know, kind of dating and going out. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, well, tell you what, I don't think that you should be serious about Hamlet. I think you should just kind of think that he's just a passing thing because uh, he's like the prince, which means someday he might be king, which means he shouldn't be with uh, people like you so much. <laughs> Wait a minute. Her, her name is uh, Ophelia? Ophelia? Ophelia. And so she's like... Is that like, is that like some sort of like stripper name? She like a stripper? No, no. She's a girl. And she's like... Strippers are, strippers are girls. What kind of strippers are you going to see? Well, I don't. But uh, Rarities is like, you shouldn't hang out with Hamlet then. And she's like, well, listen, I'll tell you what. I Maybe I'll think about it, but you're going to France. Are you not going to, you know, see any girls, you know? <laughs> oh, no, he's going to France. He's going to be seeing boys. <laughs> and, and Rarities is like, well, whatever. And so then... The father comes in, Polonius, and he's like, Uh, what are you doing here? I thought you left. Well, I'll tell you what, I have some advice for you. Uh, you better make sure you're good the whole time, okay? Don't ever do anything stupid, and, uh, don't give anybody your money, and, uh, you know, stuff. And make sure you're good. And he's like, okay, well, bye. Ophelia, remember what I said? Okay, bye. And he leaves. And then the father's like, what, Ophelia, what did he say to you? And she's like, well, he said something about Hamlet. And then the father's like, oh yeah, about Hamlet. Uh, don't ever see him again, dumbass because he's the prince and you're just like a girl so stupid don't because for serious he's he's better well i'm sure it doesn't help that she's a stripper i mean it's hard to probably hard to you know hook up with a good guy when you're a stripper no she isn't i don't think that she's a stripper but she is a, a girl and she's like uh well i guess you're my father so i have to say okay but hmm, maybe i don't think so i don't know see it's like is her father cool with her being a stripper no he wouldn't like that but she's not a stripper I don't think she's a stripper. But she's got a stripper name. I'll feel you. I'll feel you. I mean, that's like, you know, I'm going oh, to I'm gonna feel you, you know, like. I guess that's a stripper name. That's a stripper No, name. it's not a stripper. There's no stripper. I mean, I should know. Because, you know, after I play my football and I got to unwind, let me tell you, I know I know about strippers. And they always they always have names, you know, like, like Candy Pie or Lollipop or something. And I, I feel you. Like, that's, I've never heard that one before, but that would be really good stripper name. She's got to be a stripper. Okay, well, listen. So here, this is a scary story, not a stripper story, okay? So. Could we make it a football story? Could, is there, could you put some football into it? I'm really, I know, I just played a big game. I kind of got football in the brain. Can we put a little football in? No, it's in Denmark. There's no football in Denmark. I don't football in Denmark? This stupid place. Something is rotten instead is what they have. They have rotten. So here's what happens. They have Hamlet and Horatio are like meet up for the nighttime and they're like, oh, is the ghost going to come? And they're like, well, yeah, I think it is going to come. And, and uh, Hamlet's like, okay, well, I want to see it. And they hear a little trumpet and uh, they're like, what is that weird trumpet? And they're like, oh, that's the trumpet that means that the king, my uncle, is uh, getting drunk, <laughs> drinking lots of beer. They have a trumpet? They blow and he's drinking beer? I don't, I don't know. Maybe he's like, maybe he got so drunk that he starts tooting a horn. Man, I need to hire someone who just plays the trumpet when I'm getting drunk. It's a great idea. And they're like, what is that? Why is he getting, and Howard's like, well, it's just this thing that we do here in Denmark. We get drunk and uh, it's kind of stupid and everybody thinks we're dumbasses and drunk, but uh, he's doing it. 
So then, all of a sudden, guess what? The ghost comes, spooky ghost, and Hamlet is like, oh my god, that is totally my dad. That is totally him, but like a ghost. What is up, ghost? Tell us what is going on. And the ghost is like, doing a little, like a little finger motion that's like, come here, dude. But he doesn't say anything, he's just like, come on. Dude, that's gay. No, he's a king. And he's like, dude, 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 dude. And Hamlet is like, he wants me to go with him. And everybody else is like, you shouldn't, because he is a ghost. Hello! And Hamlet is like, well, but he's my dad, and he's not talking, so I want to go with him. And they're like, no, don't! And he's like, dudes, if you don't let me go, I will kill you. And he's like, they're like, okay, well, I guess you can go. Dude, they're just trying to protect him from the gay ghost. No, but it isn't gay ghost, because here's what happens. He goes, and he's like, ghost, okay, now we're all alone. Tell me what's going on. And the ghost is like, okay, listen, I'll tell you what's going on. Hamlet, I am your father. Wait, wait, I think I saw this movie. I saw this one. Okay, then good. Then you know what's gonna happen. And then, and then it goes... No! No, no. Hamlet is like, oh, dude, you're my father. And the ghost is like, yes, I am your father. And you have to kill the dude who killed me. Oh, all right. I could get into this kind of movie. And Hamlet is like, what do you mean? Who killed you? I thought you would just died. And the ghost is like, no. They told you that I died when, when, when like a snake bit me. But guess what? That's not what happened. What happened was some dude came into the garden where I was sleeping, okay, and he poured poison in my ear. And you know who did it? Uh, I'll tell you what, it's your freaking uncle who's now the king and married to my wife. What the hell? Oh man, he's gotta go gut him now. Like, later in this book, right, there's gonna be some sort of like, shootout or, or, or some sort of like, gonna get all Chuck Norris on him. Yeah! Well, i tell you, um, I don't know, because here's what happens. Okay, here's what happens. Oh, he's gotta go kick his ass! Well, here's what happens. Hammond is like, oh dude, ghost dad, I will totally do this, because you said it, and that dude is dead Meat, he's a douche. And, him, and the, the, the ghost is like, yeah, he is. But tell you what, don't hurt your, your mom because I know she did this, but tell you what, she could, you know, she'll, she'll feel guilty about it when she finds out. So just don't worry about her, okay? And Howard is like, whatever you say, dude. Well, you always gotta be good to your mom. It's important to be good to your mom. Right. And so then the ghost leaves and Howard is like, I am totally gonna avenge him. And all the friends came back and they're like, Howard, are you okay? And he's like, yes. Uh, tell you what, I'm not gonna tell you what happened, but I need you all to swear that you're not going to tell anybody what you saw. And the ghost goes, swear it. And Hamlet's like, oh, sorry, I thought the ghost was gone. Uh, let's go over here. Let's go over here. Guys, you have to swear that there's you're not going to tell anybody. And the ghost is like, swear it. And he's like, oh, sorry, I thought the ghost was gone. Okay, come a little bit further this way. Yeah, like a stalker ghost. Like, they got to get a restraining order on that ghost. Wait, he's like, just now, now swear it on my sword that you're not going to tell. No matter how how crazy I get. Seriously, if I act weird, you won't say a word. You won't even be like, ho, 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 I know what's going on, but I can't tell. Do, 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 do. Don't do that. Don't even. Just be like, nothing. No words. Don't say anything. Don't even look funny. Go swear it. And the ghost is like, swear it. And he's like, okay, ghost. Serious. They're going to swear it, right? Okay, good. We're good. We're good. Now, let's all go and deal with this thing. And I'm not telling you what's happening. Okay. Yes. The end of part one. Well, but there wasn't any butt kicking in that. It was all just Mamby Pamby talking. Bah, 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 bah. Well, there was a ghost. I mean, it's a scary story. There was a ghost who came and be like scary. There was a, a scary gay guy, but the ghost wasn't that scary. The ghost was scary. He was like... Well, I guess he was kind of a stalker. He was scary because he was dead and a ghost. And Hamlet has to avenge now. Yeah, go kick butt. Get Chuck Norris on his ass. Bing, bing, bing. Well, I tell you.
tell you, I don't know. Maybe that's what happens, but we'll find out maybe next week. Okay, so now it's time for the scary moral. And I don't know what the scary moral is because the story's not over yet. But I'm, I could give a guess as to what the scary moral of the story is going to be based on what little bit I know of the story, you see? Okay, scary moral so far seems to be... Sometimes you just gotta get all Chuck Norris on their ass! No, that didn't happen. That did not happen in the story. So... But that's what I, I learned from it. No, you didn't. You brought that with you. And that, um, Ophelia's a great stripper name waiting to happen? No, this is not your scary moral. It's my scary moral. What the moral? Just listen. The scary moral is do what the ghost tells you to do. Okay? Sounds like a pansy-ass scary moral. No. If a ghost came and said to you, do something, then you have to do it. No, I gotta kick his ass. You can't kick ghost ass. It's invisible. I could kick ghost ass. No. Yeah. I don't think you could because... I could kick your ass. No, because I'm a cat. Kick your ass in a cat paste. All right, listen. Behave. Where's my press agent? Where's my money? I'm getting a hundred grand for this, right? All right, well, um, let's... Uh, that about wraps it up. So we're going to be back next... Uh, what, probably two weeks from now with, with the next act of Hamlet. I'll be billing you. Uh, thanks. Um, so... That's it. Scapey, you want to wrap things up? Yes. Come back next time when a ghost will tell you what to do and you have to do it. Very good, Scapey. That was very good. You know, Jordan, that was a little unusual because you didn't say the name of the football player. Well, I, yeah, yeah, but I don't, because I, I, I don't follow football and I don't really know his name. But you got him on the show. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we made the contacts and all. I just kind of said whoever it is, you know, whoever's important for the game. Well, didn't you ask him what his name was? Well, I thought that would be awkward to be like, what's your name? You know, because I, I mean, I should know I'm, if he's famous. Well, still, I, you could have done some research. It, it, it seems a little unprofessional not to know the name of the person who's on your show. Well, I, 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 I. Sorry. Uh, well, Frank, Frank, you watched the game. I mean, you must know who it was. I don't. I did. I tell you, I don't want to talk about it. No, I just. But we just want to know the name of the football player that was on. I don't the- want to talk about it. I, it's. I'm done with that game. That guy cost me so much money. Well, but it's not. I mean, it's not his fault. He was just doing his best. Uh, look, I don't care. He's a dirtbag as far as I'm concerned. Forget it. Okay. Uh, if that's the way you feel about it. Now, uh, up next is when we would normally do listener mail. We don't have any listener mail again, which is really unfortunate. You should write into us and solve this. Your name is whatever your name is, but you can put it at the bottom of an email and, and send in an email to us with our name at the top. And it can say things about life. It can say basically anything. The stranger it is, the more interesting it will be. I don't care. It can be, you know, comments, questions, uh, uh, theorems. Uh, scientific principias. I don't, you know, whatever you want. And we'll do our best to, to read it. Unless you put like a whole novel. That would be a little awkward. Anyway, uh, castinwax at gmail.com is the email. Castinwax at gmail.com. Anyway, now, Scape, normally we would have had you sing a song, but as you know, you have a song next. What do you want to tell us about this song? Well, other than the fact that it's late. Dad! Well, it is. Dad! This is a ballad. And I've had to learn about what ballads were. And there's a lot of different kinds. Can I be honest with you? Basically, ballads are just like music. They're just music? Well, there's a lot of different kinds. Because there's like love ballads. And there's power ballads. But then there's also like folk ballads. Which are just like songs. Oh, I, no, I see what you mean. I, the, 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 that is a kind of ballad too. It's like a narrative song. That's a little folky. Right. In that respect, I guess Rolodoto Toto is kind of a ballad as well. Like the ballad of Rolodoto Toto. Correct. That's, that, 
yeah, yes, that's what I'm saying. So this is a this is a ballad, but it's just an interesting one, and I tried to make it as personal and sentimental as I could. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Dad, thank you for playing ukulele for me. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome. It was it was difficult, but I I, I did manage it. Yes, thank you. Okay, so that's about it. Let's play the song. Right, let's play the song. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, thank you for casting wax. Uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, hopefully, you enjoy it. Um, be seeing you.
on the next episode of Cast and Wax. On Epic Echoes, Jimmy learns the truth about science villains. That book has everything you need to know, including voice samples and stuff. Check it out. Hmm, let's see. Dr. Vortex? <laughs> Slip into my vortex of slime, superheroes. <laughs> cool. Who else is there? And unlike Daughter, Pandora and Bobby are caught in a compromising position. I carried her up here to wait, but then she started screaming and thrashing in her sleep, and we were worried she'd attract the neighbors or even bite her tongue out, so we gagged her. Right. And where did you get such nice handcuffs? Oh, well... You know... What? Oh, right. And meanwhile, in history... I think the best way to honor this, eh, is to make a big bonfire so everyone can see it, eh? All this plus an all-new Frank Allen interview, this time for real. And it's all coming your way on President's Day, February 15th, and only on the website you know and love, waxwork.com.